In this episode, we're going to be talking about why do we get stressed. And of course, everyone gets stressed, don't they? I've got two 17-year-old boys at home. That's quite stressful. But often we don't really understand how it is that we can manage stress. We see lots of different kind of courses and stress management programs, but actually I think understanding why we do, like what's actually going on, is a really great place to start. So should we open it there? Absolutely. And thinking about what stress actually is. I think it's really helpful to understand what's going on because in some senses it's a really helpful thing. And actually, from an evolutionary point of view... It developed as something to protect us. Yeah, and it still does protect us, right? If we didn't react, if we didn't kind of uh, react standing in the middle of the road when a bus was coming or something, then we all know what might happen. So we do need that sort of fundamental primitive reaction, right? Absolutely. I think the thing is that our bodies don't know the difference now from being chased by a saber-toothed tiger when if what you had to do was think about what you were going to do next not helpful so the body having a mechanism by which it just reacts so all of the blood rushing to our arms and legs and being able to fight flight freeze that that's very much what was helpful and we've in we've developed this amazing society which is fabulous and is full of stress it's chaotic isn't it absolutely just going back to your point you were saying there about the system developing to 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 run away from the saber-toothed tiger, or, or punch it, maybe. Um, it's the same when the bus is coming, right? If I stood there and thought, I wonder how long I've got, um, you know, how many feet away from me is the bus, I can do some calculations, use my sort of logic human brain, it wouldn't go very well in the, in the same way that it wouldn't have done with um, the saber-toothed tiger. So I think, actually, it's really helpful to recognise it is on our side, this automatic response. We do need it at times, yeah, but, absolutely. You know, do we need to to sweat the stuff that we do? Is that meeting next Thursday a saber toothed tiger? Um, you know, often it isn't, right? And our bodies, like you say, our minds don't know the difference between what's real, what's imagined, and so it's responding as if the meeting is a saber toothed tiger. So, backtracking again, then. So you mentioned um, the sort of blood flowing away from the digestion and things like that. That's that feeling of butterflies or, or nervousness, isn't it? Absolutely. That that that's not something that we're sort of inventing. That's that, what's happening is the blood is moving away from our central organs, and it's why we can get upset stomachs. Um, you know, that, don't feel like eating. Absolutely, or that need to rush to the loo as soon as the as soon as the stressful incident is over, right? Because because all of the blood is moving away from that mm. and going to our arms and legs in order that we can take action. Yeah, so we're shutting down all these non-essential functions in order that the most important thing gets the blood, which is to run. And then often we sit in the middle of that and yeah. don't fight and don't flight um, and not even freeze, really. We just kind of... Carry on. Yeah, we carry on or we just sit there feeling like it. Yeah. And, and in terms of those chemicals that are whooshing around at that point, you know, it's the massive hit of... Adrenaline, a massive hit of cortisol, which is the the stress chemical, isn't it? And that makes us feel terrible, and yet we're not doing anything about it. And if we're not moving, we're not burning that up. And actually, quite often, we shake afterwards, and that's actually the adrenaline Mm. 
you know, that's our bodies burning up the adrenaline, which is a really helpful thing. We need to be able to get rid of those hormones because otherwise what happens is they, they go round and round in the body and that becomes a, a self-fulfilling loop. So we're full of adrenaline and cortisol and our receptors pick that up and go, oh goodness, there's a stress and produce more. And then, it, and then that kind of spirals away from us. And we're often living in that activated state far too much of the time aren't we so this system that's supposed to come on when we're in danger because of this bonkers world in which we live where you can buy shoes at three o'clock in the morning and you know we have stimulus stimulation stimuli whatever the word is coming at us the whole time in terms of you know tv anytime you want you know long gone are the days on a sunday afternoon you didn't have anything to do except sit around your grandma's while they read the papers or something and now we can do whatever we want whenever we want but we're constantly activated can't even if it's mildly absolutely and that level of choice is also stressful mm-hmm. they the out of all of these thousands of things which one should i pick which one should i do what would be the right choice so yeah. we, we end up in this chronic state of anxiety instead of it being something that happened acutely, mm. used up all of those hormones um, to do the escaping or the fighting, um, and, then, and, then go, and then regulate, then go back to normal levels and carry on, you know, like, like the, the wildebeest, you know, running from the lion, and once they've escaped, happy days, they just go back to eating. And what would we do as humans? <laughs> you know, we've run, run, run away from a lion that's chasing us. Would we just go, oh, it's fine now? Or would we go, oh, no, oh my God, a lion. We'd phone 50 people, <laughs> we'd perpetuate it, we'd keep it going. Absolutely. We have that tendency yeah. too, don't we? And I think that's the link between that sort of old brain, that old system, and our prefrontal cortex. So the bit of our brains that can imagine and tell stories and, and is logic so, and rational Absolutely, thought. and is so helpful to us in lots of ways and also not also gets in our way because it spins these stories oh my god if I'd been three seconds mm. later I'd have been eaten by the lion where we might stretch the lion analogy as far as it's going <laughs> today um, but it, it, it's interesting isn't it that actually that logical rational bit of the prefrontal cortex this human brain this later developed brain actually does go out the window when we're responding to the saber-toothed tiger or lion. Well, it turns Um, off. It literally turns off. off. Um, So, you know, for people that do suffer from chronic stress or, 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 you know, similar things with depression or low mood, it it must be one of the contributory factors to why we don't want to go out when we feel like that, why we want to hide our head under the duvet and, and sort of block out the rest of the world because actually without a prefrontal cortex this world is already difficult enough but without that being logical and and you know trying its best to sort out what's real and what's not um the world's quite frightening and scary isn't it absolutely and i see that in clients and you must as well you know that 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 actually then the stories that that prefrontal cortex is telling them when it does come back online is about how scary the world is and how it can't make a right choice. So it's forever sort of flipping and coming back and flipping and coming back. Right. Um, and, the, and the coming back is not, is not in a helpful way. It's not in a way that, 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 that can help people, help any of us to make sense of the, of the right now. And, it, and all this has really come about, hasn't it, that we evolved to a certain point 
and I think 80,000 years ago, correct me if I'm wrong, was when they kind of believed the prefrontal cortex was... Something like that. Because they found creativity and, and stuff like that in um, drawings and stuff like that. I may be completely wrong on that. Anyone listening to this that's a historian and, and a sort of biologist or whatever, you know, forgive me. But the, if we haven't developed much beyond that... And yet we look at the world in the way it is So now. that's the thing, isn't it? That we, in lots of ways we have developed. What hasn't happened is that we haven't evolved further. Yeah. But what we've done is create this incredible world, as you say, where we can get what we want when we want, as long as we can work out what that is. Mm. And also whether it's something we really want or not. Yeah. So, okay, so here we are, this primitive being in this world of modernness, um, and with all this reactivity as if there's saber-toothed tigers even though there aren't anymore, what is the kind of key thing that's going to help us in, in regulating this, in recognising when something is a real danger, which obviously being in the middle of the road with the bus coming is, and there are other things where it's actually, what's the word I'm looking for, it's proportionate to react in that strong way yeah. versus the stuff that we're reacting to in quite a strong way that perhaps is really unhelpful um, and 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 perhaps even unnecessary to be as reactive or whatever. So what what's our way in, first of all, to try and kind of deal with that? It's interesting, isn't it? Because my my gut reaction there we go, there's there something go. Um, oh, is 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 to say breathe. Mm. And there are times when Actually, just reacting would be the right thing. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in the middle of the road, just reacting. But most often, I think most often we aren't in an acute situation. Yeah. So recognising that to start with is is really helpful. That's it, isn't it? Recognition, you know, awareness. That's, yeah. that's the key thing that I teach, right? So yeah. if we can be aware of what's happening as it's happening, that's the possibility of knowing, ah, yeah, and that's about finding that pause so that we are responding rather than reacting. Because as soon as we're just reacting, that's when that's when the stories that we tell start to spiral out of control, and uh, and we do things that we later regret. Yeah, we get swept up in it. Absolutely. The chemicals and everything make us say things or behave in ways that we wake up the next morning and think, "Oh, I could have dealt with that differently." how better might have handled it and more often than not and this is definitely for another episode we probably beat ourselves up a little bit or you know that's that's you know we don't respond to ourselves in a oh well I can learn from this and I can move forward um it's generally like no absolutely why did I do that yeah 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 we give ourselves a massively hard time and and our relationships a hard time right because that's where we're doing that we're doing that reacting so finding that moment Mm. to think what is an appropriate response here what is the proportionate Mm. response so we've got body going bonkers prefrontal cortex offline the the moment of recognition is something we have to practice right we have to really start to know our own personal responses actually because I don't know about you but when I talk to people about where they notice their particular emotions it will be sometimes in different places some people really have tension around the throat feel it in the chest for me my anxiety is hugely in my stomach in my in my sort of solar plexus area sometimes like a kick in the in the stomach that oof as the whoosh of anxiety or whatever comes up um so 
if we can catch it and start to recognize all oh, this feeling in my stomach I know this to be a, a stress reaction we might just have the opportunity to say oh so what's helpful now absolutely what's and I think and I think from so mine weirdly is also in my stomach but it's but it's a it's a hotness ah. um, which got really confusing when I started going through the menopause because my hot flushes start in my stomach as a hotness and so for ages I thought my hot flushes were anxiety. Ah, it took okay. a little while to kind of pull those things apart, and I think that yeah. happens a lot for people that that we that we misinterpret yeah. how we're feeling. And definitely, there's something about um, exciting nerves. Absolutely, you know, I I like to sing on the side, as as you know, and that feeling of kind of I'm just about to go on stage feels very similar to anxiety but if it really was my anxiety I wouldn't be walking out on the stage right so it's about knowing that and and all again this ability to sort of pause and recognize what is this you know and that takes such a lot of effort and I say to clients you know to start with what we're trying to do is it might be after the event, and then you, and then you're thinking back on it, and there is th- there is that moment where it feels worse, right? Mm. Because because now I've got awareness, and it's still not under control. Yeah. Whereas I didn't have any awareness before, yeah. and things weren't under control, and now I'm going, oh, I should have caught that a bit earlier. Yeah. But we can only start catching it early enough if we've if we've started noticing. Mm after the event what's been happening and then we get better and better at recognizing the start because we say I just flipped my lid right I just I just lost it all our language tells us that there was nothing to notice until it all was lost that's not true but it takes as you say a huge amount of attention to start to notice earlier and earlier as we're starting to get activated Yeah, that's that's exactly what that's exactly what my clients, you know, what what we work with is that you may reflect back at the end of the day and say, you know, what happened, and starting there. I always joke about the fact that you know I used to be quite a shouty mum. I didn't like it, but it was my natural response. And then it got to a point where it reduced the sort of the length of time of which shouting would occur to the point where I just shout my son's name. And then I would catch it. And I thought, well, that's okay, you know. And actually, I'd like to think now that more often than not, I can recognise the anger or something, and that shouting is never okay. I mean, it's never a good idea, I should say, rather than okay, because teenagers have a brilliant way of just blocking it out. They don't even listen. It just becomes white noise. So actually, but I, was, I remember being at the point where I'd just go, name, you know, of son's name. And almost laugh to myself like oh there it is but I've got it at this point so it really had that reducing um, as you talked about I think that's a a really helpful thing that we can't just know it this stuff and it suddenly someone listens to this podcast and then tomorrow they go well I know that stuff right it doesn't work like that does it it has to be practice it's it's practice and we're all and we're always a work in progress right so we're always practicing these things or Noticing that today I didn't practice it, today I just let go. Yeah. <laughs> and now I don't feel great about that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. It, yeah, I think, it. you know, I'm just thinking, how can we kind of 
offer something that would be helpful in terms of, you know, what do I do to practice? People might be sitting there thinking. Um, and it's quite hard to sort of conceptualise uh, down a recording in a way, but it, it's that sense of knowing when you're here and when you're not here. We get, to, uh, the research shows 50% of the time we are lost in our heads somewhere. Mm. And when we are there, we're never going to pick up this stuff. If we're worrying about the future or regretting the past or, you know, being absent from being wherever we are. So somehow bringing our attention into the here and now. One of the things I do with my clients as a, as a really easy in, I think, is about bringing attention to something we do every day automatically. So mm-hmm. cleaning teeth, yeah. washing hands, um, making a cup of tea or something so that you actually, instead of doing it on autopilot because we've done it a billion times, um, actually, what's it like to feel the water as I'm washing my hands, smell the soap, feel what the hands feel like rubbing together rather than thinking about it? What do you think of that as a way in? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really helpful. Um, and, and it also kind of gives us permission not to think that we need to be doing more than one thing at a time Mm. because we never are doing more than one thing at a time Um, we might be thinking about something else while we're washing our hands but I'm not whilst putting a load of washing on also making a cup of tea these things are happening in sequence right Um, but we think we think that 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 that's a helpful way to be but if we just focus on one thing and then move on to something else then we're much more in control of what we're doing Mm. and 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 much more aware of what we're doing and it's that awareness that we're trying to we're trying to capture yeah exactly and the same awareness from paying attention to the hand is it, it you know it isn't that there's something different in paying attention to the fact I've just had this sensation in my stomach that I know to be an anxious feeling, for example, it's all part and parcel of the same thing, isn't it? It's just um, a kind of cultivating awareness. And the more often we can be present with the one thing we're doing, the more opportunity we've got to spot the other stuff going on as well. Absolutely. And then if we can spot it, then we can do something with it. Mm. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're aiming for, right? Yeah. We're kind of aiming for not not shouting not not throwing the cup yeah. not you know but not but, beating ourselves up about whatever it is that we just did and i think that's what's important i think you know saying right well, i mustn't ever shout again yeah. it's it's like a thankless task that's not the right expression it's it's almost pointless isn't it yeah well it's like saying don't think about the pink elephant yeah. right as soon as you as soon as you as soon as you you've said something like that then then the very next moment something's going to happen and and you lose it yeah. um it's really important i think to just to, to cultivate that level of awareness so that we can make choices. Mm. So, and there's something I think really helpful in what we've been discussing around um, that it's okay to, to react, that that's a really normal being human thing that happens to all of us. Even the Zen-like monks that live in caves will react to things because it's hardwired Absolutely. to stay alive. Yeah. yeah. That's the fundamental reason, isn't it? Because our brains are trying to keep us safe, even when they feel like the enemy sometimes. Um, This theme, I think, will come up many times in in subsequent episodes. But we often look at these reactions as if there's something wrong with us. Yes. Um, And that that, that in some way we are faulty and other people aren't like I am and all of that stuff. We are all the same. 
we all react. Some of us might be a little more skilled at managing it, you know, in certain circumstances. Some of us might not. And, and, and often we think, oh, yeah, I've got this stress business under control and then something will hit and whoosh. And that's and the that's thing, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That it that in certain circumstances, I'm we might have this off pat, but there are plenty of others where it's so much a work in progress. Yeah. 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 But I love this sense that it's okay to be stressed. And yeah. the helpful thing is how we might manage it so that we're able to make kind of better choices yes. about what next and then don't have that regret the next day. And thinking about, you know, is is this an okay moment to be stressed right is that you know is this the appropriate response right now and sometimes it is it's proportional or at least there can be some understanding of course I'm feeling like this this is a major deal versus actually I don't need to feel like this because it's not that deep (laughs) (laughs) nice anyone that's written anyone that's listened to the trailer will understand why this podcast is called that but it is something my son throws at me regularly when he thinks I'm sweating the small stuff um, but you know, if we can have that choice of recognizing, is it deep? Is it not deep? Then that can be super helpful. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Fab. Yeah. So before we sign off, anything else to add? Do you think? I think we've done quite a good job of getting through quite a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've 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 talked about about the physiology, what stress is, and yeah. why it's useful, and also thinking about how we might. Get a, get a little bit of understanding about what's going on and some compassion to ourselves yeah. for those moments when, when we do get stressed and react to it. Yeah. So this gentle moving towards working more skillfully with stress rather than, oh, I shouldn't be stressed because we're going to be right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good chat. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.